Hello all, welcome to the Literacy Spire Cartoon Fan Podcast. This is episode 464, and today we'll be talking about the mystery of secrets from Unicorn Warriors Eternal. I'm GC13. And I'm David. So not only does the title Mystery of Secrets sound a little redundant, it also makes me think of The Ecstasy of Gold, uh, a song from the uh, the Man With No Name trilogy. Couldn't tell you which movie off the top of my head, but uh, you probably know it as the Modelo song. Do I know it as the Modelo song? Let's well, it's <laughs> use a, the internet. It's a particular remix. Yeah, that's probably a thing I would know if I knew things, which I apparently don't. Oh, but I'm playing the YouTube. Oh, I know. I definitely know that. How the heck do I know that? Oh, wait, that's the they, they use that as the song for the intro to um, Miracle Workers, the oh, nice. hilarious TV show starring Daniel Radcliffe and Steve Buscemi, Buscemi, however you pronounce that guy's last name. I see them advertise that every single week while I'm watching my wrestling, so... Really? Yep. Oh, they they love advertising Miracle Workers. Oh, way to go, TBS. Uh, I have no idea how it even airs normally, but yeah, I guess it is made on uh, on TBS. Uh, that show is extremely worth watching, so... Oh, that's good to hear because they actually make it look funny, which is more than I can say about most adult comedies. Yeah. <laughs> Usually they can't even get a good-looking commercial. but. But we're getting off track. Daniel Radcliffe is never getting off track, to be clear. <laughs> but okay. But we, we are here to talk about the mystery of secrets. Now, what should be a wonderful climax. Uh, I wanted to tell you this before, but uh, now that we're here to talk about it, I can finally say it. Uh, the fate of the fox lady kind of feels like an anticlimax, doesn't it? Uh, greatly so. I guess that's part of the mystery of secrets, isn't it? Yeah, uh, she's having this epic showdown with Melinda, and then Edred just sends his sword out, and it murder kills her, and no more Fox Lady problem solved. It's it's even in the show, it's portrayed as. So that's it? Well, the thing is, is later in the next episode, Merlin describes further how this uh, killing the evil and returning the souls thing works. But the Fox Lady's just one incarnation of the evil. So this is a thing they've done before. They they fight the evil, and then it's it is gone, and then they have their souls retracted out of the bodies, and then they just wait for it to come back. But it wasn't even a particularly epic battle. I mean, she was having a pretty cool showdown with Melinda there. Like, if Melinda were the only one capable of fighting her, yeah, maybe that would have been worthy, but... This was always supposed to be a team effort, and, like, she wasn't able to best Melinda. Melinda finally learning, by the way, that maybe I should remove my enemy from anything destructible before letting loose. (laughs) Right, finally, let's just fight in the sky. Well, that's usually where the epic battles happen anyway in today's media, but... It's a lot cheaper to animate. (laughs) Edred's sword seems to be a lot better at dealing with problems than he... uh, you know, previously gave himself credit for because he's valued Melinda as the most powerful one on the team, but a sword which is indestructible and which can just pierce the heart of any foe with a whispered spell is pretty unbeatable. Yeah, although I, it's something that really bothers me, it does not go through the heart of the fox lady within the evil form. It goes through the heart of the 
energy beast that it has created. I guess that means that the energy beast is the real thing to worry about, but oh, I wish it had gone through the the little person in there. It would look cooler. <laughs> I, I suppose so. At least they give some other mystery here. We have a, well, quite a weird dope, but the, the what is he? He's not really a pirate. I want to call him a pirate, but his eyes closed and he has a peg leg. And he says he's seen mermaids, but that's a, a lie, I suppose. So just a random guy <laughs> uh, is bribed to tell a lie, uh, or well, not tell a lie, to reveal the location of the fox lady. So that's clearly the evil that's still uh, lurking, that's causing them all to just hang around after the evil's killed. But, you know, I Are guess we're sure introduced to a greater bad? Well, I don't know. what What is? Didn't you re- recognize those gloves there? Don't you think it was quite curious that Otto's robots just so happened to be there to free up the police for a ride across town? Otto is, I suppose, portrayed as possibly nefarious <laughs> when we meet him. You know, they ask, why shouldn't you be trusted? But also, I kind of just took it as the mystique of Otto. I really had no expectations about what his character was or, you know, it seems like the influence he's had on the world is pretty neutral. It seems like he's going to create Copernicus in the future, which kind of puts him on, you know, the track of being a good guy. But, yeah, why? Well, and I guess he's a good guy if he reveals the location of the fox lady, but... Yeah, he was in cahoots with the fox lady and for whatever reason decided he wanted out. What does it... Yeah, what does it even mean? (laughs) Why would he need to be in cahoots with the evil? The evil is just evil for the sake of evil. It doesn't... Do anything in particular. But then again, the Fox Lady was working. Ah, of course, the Fox Lady was working with robots in episode one. Yep. So this should have been a very obvious conclusion. But they made sure to show us those are Otto's gloves that uh, hand our fisherman, pirate, um, peg leg man his money. And then it's his robots that are on the scene. So uh, Otto, we never know what dirty dealings he did with the Fox Lady. All we know is he decided he uh, no longer required her services. Well, that's certainly a mysterious secret. <laughs> what the heck? So, and that's all we get. I... Oh, What is this? <laughs> this is beyond sublime. It's just nearly missing story. There's almost nothing to piece together. And is this the biggest role Otto plays? It's just pseudo-repairing Copernicus just in his physical form, but not in his soul? I really, really want to say, but for the sake of our listeners who are (laughs) watching along with the podcast, I will actually not reveal that. The Mysterious Secrets. So, uh, yeah, everything about this episode is really about raising mysteries, isn't it? And not really, well, revealing any secret. Uh, I mean, I guess meeting Otto was something that probably would have been on a fan's mind if this show had you know, had more space. But personally, I wasn't even wondering that much about the creator of the robots by the time episode six rolls around. So his reveal was kind of a shrug, like, oh, oh, okay. And what relevance will he play? Uh, I did really like the design of the whole factory and then his whole floating sky orb. Of course, he has impeccable taste in logos, which I got to give the design crew (laughs) credit for. Like, that's so slick. It looks really good. To to be clear, for somehow if you're not watching the episodes and you're just listening to us recap them, uh, the logo is, you know, 
O-T-T-O, but it looks like the eyes and nose and mm-hmm. bridge of the robots, which, I, I don't know, it's just a really cool idea. <laughs> it's regrettable that it'll only appears in a 10-episode miniseries. Yep. I, I don't know. We have a, a reclusive genius scientist who makes robots and lives in a floating orb in the sky. I'm, I'm getting major Dr. Robotnik vibes here with uh, with his death egg. Oh, that's so true. <laughs> maybe Otto is Robotnik's good brother. Or maybe uncle. Otto's no spring chicken. No, he isn't. There is so much surrounding his influence on society, why he's the one guy, you know, he doesn't even have a crew of people who know how to build these things or anything. It's just all him and his automatons. What a weird existence. Uh, there, are, there aren't really many hints or any other things they give us in environmental details of the ship so unfortunately not yep he just plays his role i do have to say it's awkward pacing too Copernicus kiss gets a uh, defeated blown apart in the last episode and then he's physically repaired in this one and it just kind of happens <laughs> and then emotionally repaired in the next episode right like okay you know he wasn't that much of a uh of a deus ex machina anyway like he wasn't going to be an unnecessary powerhouse that the plot needed to remove for a few episodes to add more tension so because actually they still have i keep wanting to call him alfie because i refuse to use his monk name but uh like he can still phase in and out of stuff and really still serves as (laughs) you know another source of magic outside of you know again edrit's incredibly powerful sword and melinda's Mm -hmm. incredibly powerful power so yeah it's just a weird plot choice to take out copernicus bring him back and i you know i guess it drives these characters around a few places because well, this episode yeah, ends it puts with... some uh put some necessary tension on uh you saw how little edred wanted to reveal how they could power copernicus back up we gotta <laughs> we gotta make edred lay it on the line and i think when we get to the next episode it's gonna be worth it it's funny because when i first saw his awkwardness about talking about a a way to fix copernicus i thought it was something you know silly like oh we have to kiss but i know you don't really like (laughs) me right now melinda no the power of love it was not the power of love but uh oh i can't wait to talk about the next episode because i really don't understand a lot of the power that uh, gets alluded to at the end of this episode the Blood that flows for all time that has the power to rebirth or whatever. Yeah, I I wish I could say I had memorized uh, Seng's little chant there, but uh, but alas, I have not. What was it? The blood to remain shall flow for all time? Uh, yes, the blood to remake will flow for all time. Oh, remake. Okay, yeah, that makes... Yes, it was remake. Gotta remake him. Talking about Seng, though, is still still a kid, maybe uh, not schooled in the uh, proper spirit monkly arts. He doesn't seem to realize that when the universe keeps spitting him out in the exact same place, exact same time, that maybe one should uh, think that perhaps the universe is taking care of one. <laughs> yeah, especially since as a viewer, the first time he gets dropped off and makes a verbal comment, this isn't where I want to be. And yet you can't quite tell from the background, like, what the heck it is. You're thinking, well, that's very important. (laughs) I bet he's going to show up here again. (laughs) This is telegraphed from the first moment. 
But then again, well, that part was obvious, but I was just waiting for Otto to betray them. I was waiting for a betrayal that would never come. Well, they just, yeah, the whole visit is a little anticlimactic because it's really just about revealing Otto, but it doesn't really provide any insight into how the robots get made or any impact that has on the world or the heroes or the evil. And then they just kind of leave him. Yep, after a... The fox lady doesn't put much effort on him at all. You would think if she was so mad at him, she would have attacked him. And so she's like, no, I'm going to try to knock Melinda out because she's the biggest threat. And then, uh... I guess I'm going to try to take care of Otto's bodyguards instead of taking my one shot at him when nobody is guarding him. Yeah. <laughs> what the heck? Why doesn't she attack him? But maybe she doesn't even know. But she does say I've been betrayed, doesn't she? And then she goes straight to Otto's house. But why is she just hanging out in that church anyway? <laughs> yeah, she was on that pillar awkwardly and you would think that oh she's hiding on the pillar because she heard them approaching but then when he barges in there and he's like oh hello fox lady that was a pretty good impression oh thank you (laughs) her eyes open up and she's like wait what (laughs) so she was just hanging around because that's what she does right i've been betrayed except i'm magical and maybe can well can she teleport maybe not she seems to run everywhere but it's just silly what she was just chilling there until the next convenient moment to attack Okay. Yeah, that that sequence in the cathedral made me really want an uh like an Arkham style combat <laughs> game uh featuring her. It just oh, it would have been so perfect. Yeah, except you have to fight against a bunch of goofy silhouettes popping behind rocks and trees. <laughs> oh, that was a, that was a wonderful sequence. I adored that. Oh, best sequence. Then you have the inspector, uh, is that his title? Just uh, strutting right on through. This is all a wild goose chase. You all go fanny about for the old lady. (laughs) And then whipping out a pie on a plate (laughs) with whipped cream (laughs) topping. He is the greatest. I am so sad that he was not the primary, like, antagonist of the series. He was so glorious every time he's on screen. (laughs) Uh, yep. Just so completely out of his depth but so completely confident in his abilities all the same. How can you not base a series around him? Yep, he does have his end of his character arc, though, because he, well, you know, he sees her fly through the air and do a magic punch, so that's enough to convince him. Well, plus she's a living fox, so I guess there aren't that many of those. So those two factors convince him magic is real. Poor guy. Yep. (sighs) All the missed opportunities. I think he's the biggest one. Um, I don't know. (laughs) Otto is pretty rough in this episode. Okay, so maybe there are story things we could learn about, but fun. We need to have fun. That's what cartoons are about. Fun stuff. That's true. I I am amazed that they keep up the fun, really, because most of this plot is just so... not, Not heavy. I mean, the themes aren't that dark or anything. It's just... The characters are generally sad. <laughs> They're all, yeah. you know, it's all about duty and missed love and things aren't right. And there's no answers to anything. So, you know, it's it's great to have, you know, the bumbling inspector show up. But, I mean, the second half of the episode is just a really, you know, kind of slow crawl through Otto's weird world of machines. And then, you know, another breakdown with Emma. A feast for the eyes, though. Oh, yeah. But uh, it's the 
Uh, you talk about darkness and comedy, and I don't think you can get any more a mix of dark comedy than when they're waiting there in the repair shop and the dude's wife, like, her <laughs> heart stops and she dies and he just hits her heart until it starts back up and she goes right back to reading. I do, yeah, those little windows into like, and here's the way that I imagine steampunk net technology. You know, that I think they were shoving that in as much as they could <laughs> in this episode. So yeah, the waiting room was great. I'm not sure what that guy's pencil sharpener was all about <laughs> that electrified him. Ooh, yeah, that c- couldn't tell you what that was supposed to be. But uh, I said it was a feast for the eyes. After that, once they're out there on the rainy city streets, and then Dashwood comes down in his little vehicle and takes them up their trip through the skies into the definitely not the death egg that we've already talked about. <laughs> and then as you mentioned how beautiful it was, their trip through that giant machine. My eyes delighted. The orb especially it does have a very Dr. Robotnik vibe, uh, which is amazing. But uh, yeah, that auto logo, just the fact that it looks has that connection to Copernicus. And then later we see in the sort of red engine room, you know, there's just like glowing windows, circular and, 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 and vertical rectangles in there. And it's just that you can't help but see the faces of the robots in that, too. It's really cool. But <sighs> short lived, short lived, short lived. And that they created an entire new character design for the mayor just for a single episode. Yeah, <laughs> the mayor just there and gone. Uh, it's good to know that there are grander political forces in the world, only to never see them again. Still doing service to the crown. Yep. We'll deal with the monarchy later, you know, in season two. <laughs> uh, we can only hope. We can only hope. So I think that's it for us on the Mystery of Secrets. Now, I do want to let our viewers know that the next episode, um, depending on how scheduling goes, we may or may not start doing some other stuff there, but I assure you it'll be the last good stopping point in Unicorn, because the final episodes after that, we're going to want to go bam, bam, bam. (laughs) So we'll see how the schedule plays out, but I don't want to leave you guys in too much suspense about the end of the series, so. I mean, there's so much suspense. The thumbnail on Max for the final episode is just Emma hugging a clenching a towel i don't know what's happening she's drawing equations on the wall and she's naked what is happening in the show i do not understand so can't wait anyway guys that's it for us on the mystery of secrets join us next week until then i'm gc13 and i'm david don't forget to leave us a review anywhere you listen to podcasts later everybody Our opening and closing music is by Mark Soto. For more cartoon-related content, please visit LunarCeasefire.com.